0: All right, well, we uh, are finally live here, man. Uh, I got one of my favorite people, uh, one of my favorite players that I've ever played with uh, in college, Kyle Butler. Uh, This is the first podcast that I've ever recorded. So there may be some hiccups uh, and there may be some little lag switches here or whatever, but, man, we're just going to keep this thing natural. Uh, I've been wanting to do a podcast for – call it two years now. Uh, I've kind of been debating it. Uh, I went back and forth with it. Couldn't find a name. uh, And I finally figured everything out. Uh, Not everything, but I finally figured out what exactly I wanted to do and how I wanted to go about it. So uh, this is my first official podcast ever. Uh, And kind of a little backstory on how I got the name of this thing. Uh, I coach uh, travel baseball, and we were playing uh, Campbell – We were playing at Campbell, and I was coaching third base. And I told myself that I'm going to start a podcast called Down in the Dugout. And that stuck. That that resonated with me. And uh, here we are. We're we're a year later, and I'm finally – this is episode one. Episode one. uh, And the plan is to uh, launch these things once every two weeks um, to start and keep rolling so basically it's just going to be a little bit of an interview style podcast we're going to, i'm, I'm gonna get a lot of cool people on here uh starting with with my boy kyle here and he's got a lot of cool stuff to share uh we're gonna go back the main reason i started this and I, I really wanted to focus on just having a good time i wanted to network i wanted to talk to people <laughs> And I, I wanted to learn, and I, I, that's all I want. I hope that I can give and provide videos and platforms and talking to people that way parents, coaches, players, trainers, whatever it may be, can learn and listen to this. If you don't learn learn something from it, that's fine. If you do, that's fine too. But we're going to keep this thing natural. We're going to have a good time. Um, we're going to talk to a lot of cool people. So um, a little bit of background on myself. Uh Played baseball here at Virginia High, uh, which is a local high school here where I'm from. Uh, went on to play four years of Division I baseball at Radford University, uh, where I was able to meet Kyle. Kyle was one of my teammates, uh, probably the favorite, one of my favorite teammates I've ever played with. Uh, he's got a, little, a lot of cool stuff to share, uh, and you'll kind of see that. Um, and – was fortunate enough to play in two post seasons and uh, was not fortunate enough to play after college. So got into coaching and I've been coaching the past five years. Uh, I coach in the Dirtbags organization, which is a national organization. I coach the 26, uh, 2026 national team, uh, coach pitchers and catchers there. Uh, and then I coach here at Virginia High where I graduated from. So I've been coaching for the past five years. And um, yeah, we're going to keep rolling. And and hopefully I can make a career out of it one day. but. I'm gonna I'm have fun on this thing uh, excited to to get this thing going and get this episode rocking so I'm gonna be quiet and we're gonna we're gonna let Kyle. Uh KB jump in here and kind of share some stuff and we're we're just gonna talk, man. So KB, what's up, man? How you doing? What's,
1: what's up, my man? I, I appreciate you uh getting me on here. Um when you texted me the other day, I was first of all excited because I hadn't heard from you in a couple years. You know, we're getting old, man. We're getting four or five years <laughs> right. out of college. So um I was excited right. to talk to you on the phone a couple of days ago. Um, you've got the perfect personality to put this on. You know, you're you're good at talking, you're outgoing. People like you, um, so I think you're going to do good at this, and I appreciate you starting it. You know, that's the hardest part is just to start it. So, you know, I, I think sure, you're going to do you're going to do big things, and you're going to take off, get some important people, get some knowledge on here, create a big following, and, and I'm excited to follow it. So, um, awesome, yeah, man. So- yeah, I'll uh, I'll start with my story. So, me and Chandler are from the opposite sides of the state. I'm from southeastern Virginia, the best part of the state, um, especially for baseball. <laughs> um, I'm here so, for it. so. Uh, I'm, I'm with Chan I, I went in, into Radford the same year as he did I uh, I went to a school called Western Branch high School pretty pretty common school in Virginia you know just known for winning um, was was fortunate enough to win a state title in 2014 and then uh, go ahead and move on to Radford Um. Uh, you know, I was I was not the guy that was highly recruited out of high school. You know, I I was a late bloomer, as they say. Um, you know, I could always hit a little bit, but you know, my, I didn't have the body. I, I didn't really have the tools yet. Um, you know, I had I had potential, but um, you know, I had to get lucky and, and go seven for seven in a prospect camp at Radford for, for Rakuya just to tell me, hey, we might take you. But no, it ended up end up working out. Um, you know, met Chandler in my freshman year. You know, we we hung out all the time. Our personalities kind of clicked for a bit both kind of super eat up with the baseball thing. You know, we were there to, to get better. And, um, you know, we lived right across the the hall from each other. So we became good friends from, from the start and, you know, got to play a couple years with them. And, you know, I tell people to this day that the best five years of my life, Um, but yeah, it it was, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I met you. You know, we, we still keep in touch nowadays. We, we love hunting too. You know, we, we do other things just in baseball, believe it or not. Um, so Absolutely. you know what we're, we're always talking about hunting and you know our land and who kills the bigger deer but um no yeah we're just gonna chill and and have a good conversation and maybe bring back some good memories have a couple laughs and i'm sure you'll you'll get a couple bloopers from from this uh interview but hey nothing nothing but better going forward you know
0: (laughs) that's right man hey i appreciate it uh love that hopefully that gives you guys kind of a little background uh of of kb here uh great dude uh worked his nuts off all four years um, he's got an outstanding story that he's getting ready to share uh and and, and i get I, I bring kb on one because he's a great friend of mine and he's very knowledgeable and he does things to this day in this inside of baseball uh but he's he's got a story that will resonate with with a lot of people um, not not highly recruited uh as as we know in today's game Everybody is, is all on ranks and who throws the hardest and who hits the hardest. But I think sometimes those guys get lost that can bring the most value to a clubhouse. Um, and that's important. And, and you and I both know uh, when you get into a college setting that um, clubhouse guys are very important. And then uh, you can talk about your pro ball experiences uh, here after a while in this show. So, uh, KB, tell me, tell me your college story, man. Like, like give the people the full story – on what happened you don't have to go into the the nuts and bolts of it but kind of tell people (laughs) kind (laughs) of tell people uh what happened and what went down and how you went about it and kind of how you kept your composure through this and and this is such a touching story man and I I think if if any young guys are out there listening uh if you learn anything from this story right here uh it's never give up and never quit on what you want to do so uh kind of talk about what you went into and then uh what happened there, and then how you bounced back and, and later on uh, became very successful.
1: So, as you know, coming in as, as little freshman, 18-year-old freshman, we thought, you know, we were big dogs and, you know, we were going to play and, you know, we were going to get out there and they were going to open a position up for us and, you know, like, like every player does. Um sure. You know, unfortunately and fortunately, you know, we had a really good team coming in our freshman year i mean i'm talking probably the best team I ever played with um so on the fortunate side we got to get used to winning early the unfortunate side there wasn't a lot of playing time to go with that um so <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, um you know went into the fall you know I had a pretty good fall you know i It wasn't really looked high, highly on just because, you know, they, you know, they didn't really know me that well yet, even though they'd seen me play a couple of times. And, you know, I I hit pretty good and, and, you know, competed and, you know, I had a senior at at second, Josh Gardner probably still the best player I've ever, you know, you know, been around. Um, and we had another really good infielder you know chris coyle taught me a lot um but yeah just just kind of learned from them and you know i i was very immature at that age you know not not in you know the work ethic i, I, I played hard I, I worked hard but you know I, I just didn't think a lot of things through like I should have and you know i, I really thought in my head you know i'm, I'm gonna play you know I'm, and i feel like I, I could i could help and w- whatever it was um, and i got humbled real quick um and so you know went through the Year, I, I kind of lost a little bit of motivation as the season went on because I kind of knew you know I wasn't going to play and then coach had told me you know I'm going to redshirt and you know so the immature me you know back back when I was 18 kind of said you know what I'll just kind of take the next couple months off you know I, you know I was at practice and I, I still played hard at practice but you know didn't put the work in outside of practice and kind of sure. said you know there's there's always next year instead of you know Wishing me now to go back at 18 and say, you know, the mature thing is to, you know, go in, you know, really put your head down and, you know, just go day by day and and just get one percent better because, you know, that the the, the years go by fast. So that next year will be here fast. So at the end of the year, you know, we 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 ended up winning a, a conference tournament, which was awesome. Got to play in regions actually went to the regional final that year against Vanderbilt, just, you know, yeah, we ran, did, out yeah. of, ran out of steam a little bit, you know, just for a mid-major to get there, you know, is, is pretty impressive. Um, but, you know, like I said, the probably the best team I ever played with, you know, great coaches, you know, Coach Rakuya did a great job. Now the head coach there, Alex Guerrero, um, did a great job with the hitters and, and infielders. And everybody was just that, – that team was so mature, you know. We, we had really good players, talented players, but we weren't always – the, the better talented team but we always found a way to win it was insane they expected to win no matter what um and and the one thing that really stands out that year is you know we we went on a run what was it 13 14 games we won in a row I think. yeah i think
0: yeah it was like 14 or 16 there
1: and Therefore. i remember i remember it was insane <laughs> we were so confident that we actually added a, a game in midweek west Virginia, because we knew that we could get Top ten RPI in the country, and you yeah, know well, that's not normal. Mid majors don't do that because most of the time we get smacked. It's just it is what it is. Um, that's right. that's the that's that's part of being in the mid major, right? But um, we 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 actually hosted them. They came and, and played us a midweek, and we beat them. And I think it jumped our RPI. That was later in the season, I believe, and jumped our RPI to I don't know eleven or twelve. Um, yeah, we were. We- uh,
0: go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, no, no, I, I'm trying to get ahead here.
1: No, you're good. We we just, you know, we were, we were. I, I just had never been on kind of a momentum train like that before. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like you went in there knowing you were going to win, and and that kind of winning formula is real. Like if you know how to win, you can win a lot. Um, absolutely, so, absolutely.
0: I'm going to interrupt you, KB, and yeah, I'm going to interrupt go you, ahead, man. I'm going to, I'm going to talk on this and, and kind of paint the picture for the guys that are watching this and are seeing this. We're talking about a team that. Uh, the catcher, Josh Revis, uh, was drafted by the Blue Jays. Uh, Ryan Meisinger was our closer, uh, drafted by the Orioles. Uh, Michael Boyer was a starter, drafted by the Dodgers. Josh Gardner, the guy KB was talking to, second baseman, drafted by the Yankees. Kyle Zurek was on the staff, drafted by the uh, Yankees as well. So we're talking about a team that was full of nothing but draft guys.
1: That's it. And, and Austin Ross with the Phillies, too.
0: Yeah, Austin Ross with the Phillies uh, was drafted. Danny Herbeck was drafted. I can't. Who was yep. he drafted by? I forgot. The Royals. The Royals. So yeah, yes. Danny Herbeck. He was on, he was on that team drafted by the Royals. We're talking about guys that are twenty two and twenty three years old that have been through it, that have grinded, that have laid the foundation. Um, and, and and like KB said, they learned how to win. Like th- those guys refused to lose. And, and it was so interesting to sit back. Because uh, I redshirted that year, there was no way I was catching over a fifth-year guy, uh, Josh Revis, who I can't. That's another guy I want to get on here because uh, if it wasn't for him, I would have never been probably the player that I was. Um, because that dude pushed me more than uh, that I ever thought I had in me, uh, and I'm so thankful for that. But to lay the foundation, and I'll let KB get back to his story. Uh, to lay the foundation and give people paint a picture for guys like that team was just incredible. I mean. We, we would we would go on runs and, and we would play games, and we would look in the ninth inning and it's six, seven to two or seven to one, and it's like man this like this ain't even close like we we're, we're dominating this team, and our two, three, and four haven't even had had good games right so this team just knew how to win, and being eighteen and seventeen and being freshman and learning from that was the most how, do I, how can I say this? Was the best experience for me as a player that I have ever had. And that takes us back to the fall into our World Series and our Hill Week, where guys were just laying it on the line. I remember Austin Ross uh, went, pushed himself to the max that he was getting IVs and wheelchairs because he was passing out I in the that. hydrant. Like, these guys and, and this group of players, there are 35 of us or 30 of us, whatever it was, and we all bought into one thing. And it starts at the top with Joe Rikuya, and, and he's going to, uh, I'm going to have him on here as well. And, and the, the best coach that I've ever had when it comes to knowledge and, and just passion for his players. Uh, and then the head baseball coach there now, Alex Square, was the catching guy and hitting guy uh, and worked with, with middle infielders as well. So just that whole entire team and staff with Mark McQueen working pitchers, uh, one of the best pitching coaches in the country. Like, that team was just incredible. But that team, as a group, us collectively, really flipped the switch. And you'll remember this, KB, when Youngstown State came in midweek and beat us. And Coach McCuria absolutely lost his his lid. And from that day on, it was kind of like a flip switch, and we couldn't lose. Um, So... Not to get down a rabbit hole, which is, we'll probably do that a lot, but yeah, I just want one to going to turn to two. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. I just want to paint a picture for people of how good that baseball team was. It, it, it was incredible. And, and watching those guys compete every day um, from the dugout as a 17-, 18-year-old kid uh, where I went to high school, I was one of the better players. I mean, I had an unbelievable senior year with a bunch of seniors on that high school team. But – to be able to sit back and watch those guys compete and show me at 17, and 18 years old, this is how you win. And this is what you got to do to win was incredible. I'll I'll never be able to, I can't put it into words, but KB talk me through, talk me through you getting cut and and coming back and, and kind of that process of what happened and, and, and really just don't, you don't have to dive into it, but just kind of talk me through like, how you felt, what happened, um, and then tell tell the people how you got back on track and what you became.
1: So. That team being so good was the best thing that ever happened to me because it gave me the biggest slice of humble pie I probably had ever experienced in my whole life. <laughs> so get to the, the end of the season, right, and, you know, and, and I could feel it throughout the season. It's like, holy cow, like I am nowhere near where I need to be to, to be like these guys. And so, you know, we everybody has an exit meeting, and, you know, Coach Rakuya was a real guy, like, and, and I respect him – for what he said that day to this day i mean he he was being real he could have easily you know said hey man we, we you know we're we, we don't you know we're moving in a different direction we think you're good enough i'll try to you know reach out to a different school he just straight up told me, hey man, you're probably never gonna play. You're not gonna play. So like I'm doing this for you so you can go reach out to other teams. And 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 that and I'd never forget, you know, I, I sat in my room for probably three days, didn't eat, didn't sleep, just like, holy cow, is this really happening, you know? And and just, you know, over the summer, you know, I would I was, you know, basically begging, hey, any news, you know, because he always said, there might be a chance, you know, depending on the roster, you know, and and he finally said, no, there there is no chance, man. So I actually you know, not to dive too deep into it, I you know, I was basically on the CNU baseball team. I mean, I had reached out to the coach, I'd enrolled into the school. Um, you know, I was ready to go there. Um, which is where KB? What school which is that? Is in, it's in, it's Christopher Newport University in Newport News, you know, top okay. of ID3. Um, okay, so I think it was a couple of days before I was supposed to start school, like I was enrolled, in, and Coach Rikuya called me you know, out, out, of, out of the blue and said, hey, man, one of our pitchers just got hurt and uh, we have an extra roster spot available. Um, you know, it's yours if you want it. Now, I understand if, if you don't and you've probably reached out to other schools, um, but I'm going to let you have first dib at it. So I thought long and hard uh, that night because I had already basically told the Radford team I wasn't coming back and told the CNU team I was on that team and I had to flip it because I was like, you know, I'd, I'd kick myself for the rest of my life if i didn't at least go back and try. So I ended up doing that. I came back and, you know, going in that day one meeting, like it was just like I basically changed. I mean, that just moment completely changed me. All the the childish stuff kind of was behind me. You know, Um, I I matured very quickly. I kind of understood what I needed to do to become the player to get on the field. Um, and it happened pretty fast, you, and, you know, and, and I I attribute a lot of that to Rakuya's development and, you know, Scott Bennett in the weight room. That really, really oh, man, had, a, had a benefit on me, man. I was a 7-0 runner and ended up being a 6-4 runner leaving. So, you know, that's not supposed to happen. Um, so, you know, I ended up, you know, working hard and, and I still, you know, I was at the bottom of the totem pole there. Like I, I was still the guy that, you know, is not supposed to be there. And I realized that. Um, and it kind of, you know, made me, you know, make different decisions that I made the year before. Um, so played uh, redshirt freshman year. I actually was able to start game one as a DH. I had done that well. Um, so that was kind of a, a cool story to, from being cut to starting game one the next year um, you know a, as a still a young guy you know you, you still don't have it all together um, so you know and, and there was a lot of guys that deserved that spot too so I was fortunate enough to get the first chance didn't do well to start you know it was a rotation all year we were a young team we struggled it was a tough year um, it, it really was and you know trying to kind of understand how you go from winning that much to losing that much it it was hard um, but you really don't know what it's like until you're in the game like just just you know being around the culture of winning it helps but you have to know how to you know attribute that onto the field so we struggled we were were a young team I mean I mean you you got your chances that year you did a lot better than I did Um, you you were able to kind of start your your way into kind of being a guy that was going to stay in the lineup i still was all over the place that you know it was it was funny we used to say hey you know i got pulled out of lineup i got to wait three more guys to kind of fail and then you're back in right um, yeah
0: that's uh that's funny I'm, I'm gonna stop you there that's so funny because it was like when when you're working your way into the lineup and, and you find success and then it's like you go punch out punch out punch out well that last punch out it's like oh shit like He's going to pull me. Yeah, I'm going to go know, over on my next event. You know. <laughs> it's yeah. over. It's over and for us. It's so. funny
1: because, you know, as players, we were like, dude, why, why doesn't he just give us, you know, a, a more games you j- get in the rhythm? And now as a coach, <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, no, no, screw that. Like, if, yeah, i got another exactly. guy that can do the same thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. So now everything, everything that I know now as a coach, I'm like, everything that I argued with back in the day, now I don't agree with. So it's just funny how things change when you kind of get into the coaching aspect of it. But, you know, we, we went on to the next year. The, the next year was actually crazier. You know, I, I didn't win a starting job that year. We had a, a Clayton and a guy come in that just had every tool – that you could have. Let I me mean, big, strong, Unreal. fast, just mature, and you know he he won the job at second base. They moved Danny to first, and Colby uh, came in, and and he this was his second year, and he was a you know highly recruited uh, prospect out of out of my area, and um, you know I, I hate this for him, but you know the the unfortunate and fortunate part was he broke his leg uh, game. Two or three, um, and I was the next guy up. And you know, he was out for the season, so what they did was they moved uh, her back to short. And uh, they I can't remember what they did with Clayton, but I got my opportunity at UNC, I think I got eight or nine hits that series, I, I was more surprised than probably Coach Rikuya was. Um, and, <laughs> and, and then, you know, I just kind of – I got hot at the right time and, and he couldn't take me out. You know, I, I stayed hot that year. I think, you know, I think we were three-quarters of the way through. I was hitting over 400. It was just one of those dream scenario. Like, I, it's just – it didn't make sense. It was like this kid that has no tools, is just leading the league in all these categories. And it was just a confidence thing. It was just – I knew I was a good hitter, but it was just kind of knowing, okay – like he has trust in me. I'm playing every day. If I go over three, I'm still in. Um, so I just I just wrote it out. Now I fell off at the end. Uh, it's a long season. So you don't realize that. You get weaker. Yeah. You, once once your timing starts to, to get off, it's it's hard to get it back on sometimes. Um, For sure. But I, I end up finishing strong, and um, we uh, we did better. We still weren't a very good team, but we did we did better. We finished up hot. Um, you know, uh, w- one, one, all, all conference that year, you know, that those, you know, back in the day we were, we were all about it, but now as you get older, that stuff doesn't really matter as much. And, you know, as many, as much as people told you that back in the day, you're like, nah, man, I want my, I want my award. But you know, now it's just right. like, n- nobody cares. Right. And it, it's just, exactly. you know, th- did you win a championship with your team? So, um, and that, and that was, I was fortunate too. And so were you, right. You were still, uh-huh. you were still there. That or for the second you, one, yeah. For the second one, okay. It was the yeah. next year that you got hurt, right?
0: Yeah, the next year is when I got hurt the okay. year after that. Or so yeah, got, the year after we won, the, we, we won two championships together,
1: and then right. I got hurt the following year. And then year. you got hurt the following year, yeah. So, yeah. Went, uh, went through the conference tournament without losing. I uh, got hot at the right time and won a championship in, in, in uh, was it South Carolina? Yeah, South Carolina. South the Carolina, Plains. yeah. Yep, I think Coast my light is dead, KB. Oh, gee, yeah. I, I didn't know if we were playing glow in the dark or what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I think my light battery is
0: there, but it's, oh man, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> let me, t- let me just flip my lights off. All
1: right. Birthday
0: you time. can edit this stuff too. It's all natural, baby. It's all good. We're good. All natural. So go with the flow. That's right. I think I, I love what you share because this brings me to this question in this point. As a young, as a young player who's not playing in a lineup, how important is it to always be prepared and ready for that, for that start? You with me? Because oh, if you were if you weren't prepared and you haven't continued to work, because it's so easy for you to see that Clayton, a younger guy, got the starting job over you. It's so easy for you to put your head in a bag and say, you know what, I'm done with this but instead the person you are the player you are said you know what i'm gonna keep grinding right i i I still may have an opportunity i'm gonna keep grinding now all of a sudden this this guy gets hurt who is a great player he gets hurt and now you become an off-conference player you 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 stay hot you stay in the lineup and, and now coach has the uttermost trust in you out of anybody in the dugout so how important is it to young players or to any player that is losing a job or that's not getting a job to make sure they stay hot, they stay prepared, they show up to early work, they show up early to early work, and then they stay later. Tell how important was that for you in that process to make sure you're prepared to to go ahead and step in there?
1: It's it's super important, and, and everybody knows, you know, the next guy up. That's pretty obvious, you know. Everybody kind of knows their their depth in, in, in a in a uh, in a roster. You know, if you're the backup, or even if you're behind the backup. But I think where most people kind of don't think in this way is like you, you're. A lot of people are good enough to be playing. You know, it, it, it's just yeah. it's and and they lose confidence because they think because I'm not playing. I'm not as good as that other person. And, you know, I see it so many times. There's a lot of guys on the bench that are just as good or better than people on the field. But it has to do with things like confidence. Um, You know, it has to do with things like trust, you know, and and it's just the slightest things that can get you on the field. So most people think they're farther behind than they really are when they're not. Sure, love that. Love that. So and and, it, and it's it's really hard especially for a guy that has that competitive nature to root for the guy ahead of you and and it's not so much you know putting on a fake smile and, and 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 being fake about it you you root for him because you know that might not be your only avenue to play you know it, it's it's it can come in weird ways you know whether it's a pinch hit D, designated hitter, you can play a different position i mean we both kind of experienced that a little bit or we tried um, so it's more of like knowing you're good and all it takes is something a weird injury or somebody's sick one day or anything the the biggest point of that being you're closer than you actually think you know I love that dude dude that yeah. is
0: that is that is awesome and that is incredible what you said there kids are players are closer than they think and i never really thought about it like that until you just said that but that that is dude that's outstanding and and i i thank you so much for sharing your story because that's a hard story to share dude like when you're telling me you got cut, Mike, I'm I'm getting chills when you're telling me that story because that that's an incredible story. But I want people to understand, and I want parents to understand, and this goes down even to high, like this goes to high school. Like we're both coaches now; we're both in that position uh, we're, we're able to hopefully able to change kids' lives and uh, help them out. But always remember, and, and I think you're going to agree with this: always remember that any time that you're in the starting lineup you're only renting that spot like that's all you're doing that spot is yes. rented yes and there are so many players behind you that are rooting for you but want to be in that spot renting it yes. and, and and that goes back to what you just said like they're closer than they think and all it takes is one freak incident and boom, you're in the lineup or uh we, we play, what, what was it, KB? We play 80 games a season. Like you you get the game 60 and you're in the hotel down in South Carolina or Florida and you wake up with a stomach bug and now all of a sudden coach has to find somebody to put in there. Right. And, and there, that it could be as weird as that, but I, I think it's important. And, and I love that you said, man, that is so awesome that that players are so much closer. I, th- I keep going back to that because I love that. Players are closer than they think. And I want to touch on what you talked about with, with rooting for the guys in front of you. That is very important when it comes to just team aspect things. I, I mm. think that I think people get lost in, uh, well, this guy's playing ahead of me. I'm going to have some salt towards him, whatever. But what people don't realize, unless they've been there, is you do everything with that person. You are eating team breakfast with them at 7 a.m. You're lifting with them at 5.30. You're going to class with them from 8 to 12. You're going to practice from 1 to 6, and you're going to study hall from 7 to 9. Like, you are with those guys 24-7. So, I think I, – I love that you shared that. I love that, that, you're, that that's kind of your outlook on it, and, and that is so – that, that's well done, man, and, and that's going to resonate with a lot of people when they hear that is if, if you're the guy that if, – if somebody's listening to this and they're going into their season this year and they're the, they're, the, they're the backup of the guy behind them, like, hey, I'm closer than I think. Like, all and, i got to do is stay prepared.
1: A hundred percent. And, you know, and this goes more for the, the travel ball organizations and the showcase and, you know, a, a lot of times if you've been with a, a group for for a while – and you know you're still not in the starting lineup, but but coach has seeing you, and you know you're you're practicing every day with the team, you know. It, it, and and I'm I'm not saying it's 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 always a bad thing to leave. There's times to where you can switch schools, organizations. There's there's certain things. There's a line, um, but the grass is not always greener. Meaning, if you have put your time in with the team, all right, and you're still not there, but you're close, and you go to a different team. Right, you might think, "Oh, I looked up the roster. I've talked to the coach," um, but that doesn't mean you're guaranteed anything. So, like I said, there's good. times to where, you know, I think it's it's good for people, um, but at the same time, jumping ship every single year, uh, especially travel ball, you're just building that that negative kind of if things go wrong mindset. I'm out, and and that and exactly. that literally what has been lost now. You know, even from when we played. Um, You know, but it's it's different because everything's out there now and and you can you know, every player, every stat, every position. So, like, you you know, hey, I might I've got a slightly better chance to play here and here and here. Right. Um, But, you know, sometimes I think uh, every kid before they go to play big time ball needs that kind of difficulty and that not always go your way because. Ninety-nine percent of players get that when they go to college. A hundred percent of absolutely. players,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Every yeah. player on a college on a college roster at some point is going to want to, hey, well, I, I want to transfer. Yeah, like, but if you don't let that get into your blood when you're a puppy, that becomes no answer. Right. Like right. you. You you gut it out you grind it out but look I'm gonna I'm gonna stop us here and, and we could talk about this all night all uh, night and, and this this has been there. so good yeah we're we're thirty minutes in and I think this has been outstanding uh, man your story's incredible but let let's shift gears and let's kind of talk about some other things uh, kind of that you're doing tell me talk to me about this real quick um, for the next three minutes give me three minutes of your um, Give me three minutes of the transition because you, you went on after like this kid got we're, we're looking at a kid that got cut that found his way in a starting position and then went on to play pro ball. Right. We're not looking at a guy that just stopped there for college like this guy went on to play pro ball. So, KB, tell me your transition uh, from college and, and pro ball and where you played and what you did and uh, kind of tell me just talk to me about how that life was. Give me three minutes. You're at 32 okay. minutes and 15 seconds. All right, so start.
1: My my experience was way different than everybody else. So, um, if you don't know what independent ball is, it's 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 professional ball, but it's leagues around the country that kids that were very close to getting picked up. Uh, you know, whether it was a bad year or you know they just did can get the trigger pulled on them. Um, you know, they create these leagues that that have big followings and, and big stadiums that you know draw great crowds and and you play basically for a ball. I mean, it's it's uh, it's the competitive level is basically like playing in the minors. Um, the league I played with was a grind. It's called the Pecos League. So it's it's actually southwest of the United States: New Mexico, Kansas, Colorado, Texas. And it was it was a grind. It, it wasn't like the D one college life. Um, we stayed <laughs> at the crappiest hotels. Um, I made a whopping hundred dollars a week. So that kind of tells you right there. And, uh, you, you actually got paid more if you hit home runs. And unfortunately I had zero, so I didn't get paid anymore. Um, <laughs> so I stayed pretty dirt poor the whole time. Um, so you slept in uh, bunk beds with, with a group of four guys. Um, but you know, and, and I joke on this all the time. I, I still tell people like, the 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 competition was was good. I mean, we 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 had a couple guys that you know the, the league I was in allowed affiliates from uh, pro organizations to come and get more innings there. So a lot of Rockies guys we saw. We saw a couple of Texas guys. Um, okay. So it was uh, it was a good experience. Um, we we didn't play on the best fields, but you know I got to see a different part of the country. I got to understand how to be disciplined and know how to control what I could control. Um, you know, I, I was able to play most every game. It was it was like a major league uh, season. I mean, we played almost a hundred games, um, and it was a great experience. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, you know, I, I thought about going back um, the next year, but COVID kind of hit. And I know everybody blames everything on COVID now, but um, you know that was kind of my way of you know saying, okay, it, it's been it's been good, and you know I didn't wasn't really getting any interest from other. Bigger independent league um, organizations, and I had a couple jobs lined up at home, um, so I called it quits. But you know, people ask me all the time, man, was it was it worth doing it for you know three months? And I said I, I, I wouldn't have changed a thing. So, and you know, it's cool to to be able to tell kids you played pro ball, you know, pro ball. Uh, right, so, right. Hey, it's um, pro ball, baby. It's it's pro ball. That that's all that matters. And um, but yeah, it was a good experience. I met a lot of new people. Uh, if you've never been to New Mexico, I I recommend it man we got to act we were so spoiled we got to play at the capital of new mexico with no other sports teams so you would have thought we were the new york yankees there it was absolutely <laughs> insane i mean if you've ever seen a, a pro soccer game on tv where there's bells and and whistles and people screaming and whistling whole time, i mean it was it That's was actually wild, an unreal experience so um it, it was cool but yeah it, it you know wouldn't trade it for a thing um but you know I, that I never looked back i was i was uh i was satisfied with moving on you know just like anybody else the first year kind of kind of eats you up inside a little bit because you still think you can play and you know i still think i can play and i know you do too right but it's just kind (laughs) of that realization it might take us a little bit longer to get back into shape right Um, no doubt but yeah that's that's kind of it right right there that's
0: awesome man uh that's cool because most people don't have i don't know what the statistic is right but you call it 60 to 70 percent of collegiate athletes don't have the ability to even play professional baseball like right. they don't even they don't even get to do that so you being able to do that man that, that's a cool experience and uh I was happy for you and, and there were so many guys that we played with that's, that's in pro ball now that's in minor leagues That's trying to grind it through. Uh like I said, I'm talking – the next guy I'm going to have on is Awesome Ross. He's playing in an in Australian league right now. So, there's so many different avenues and ways that, that guys can go and play. But uh, let's flip gears, man, and, and let's talk about kind of what you're doing now. Uh, like I said earlier, we're both still kind of involved. Uh, some would say heavily involved. I would say that I'm heavily involved in uh, youth around here and um, – and, and high school and travel ball. And just my, my main goal is I, I just want to make a difference in players, man. And I know that's your main goal too. And I, I feel like that should be all coaches goals, man, is is being able to make a difference, share your experiences, share what you went through. How can you help the player? Um, and if we all do that, I think we'll be okay. So talk to me. I, I know you got this, this TikTok thing going and, and this baseball fixer upper and all kinds of jazz, man. And, uh, I can tell you this. I know you're the man for the job and, and your knowledge. Uh, and, and, and I will post all your social media stuff in the descriptions of these videos um, of where people can find you and follow you and hook, uh, hook up with you and and follow your stuff and, and maybe even get in a lesson with you one of these days or whatever. So uh, tell, tell me what you're doing, man. Tell, tell me about the baseball fixer upper. What is that?
1: so first of all it was guys like you that got because you started back into the coaching or you went into coaching earlier than i did i mean you were pretty quick out of college to get into it and I was that guy that was like, you know, once I'm done, I'm done. Like, I don't even want to see a baseball. Like, but you know, come to find out, it only took a couple months to be like, no, I, I bleed baseball. So there's no, there's no fighting it. Um, and I and I kind of, you know, looked at videos that you had done and kind of, I, I remember texting you, calling you, asking for recommendations and kind of how to get started and what to do. So I appreciate that. And and I had a lot of good Absolutely. mentors kind of start me and put me at good facilities and stuff. But um, you know, I, I've come to grow at, at the, at the uh, private instruction industry. It's a huge industry nowadays, man. It, you know, I, and when we played, it was starting, um, but it was more of like, you know, you had that one guy in your area. You saw him a couple of times. Everybody saw him. And now it's yeah. like. You turn right or left and there's a baseball instructor there. Um so right. um it's and everybody now wants their own guy. Um and, and it's just because and I'm a baseball instructor, so I'm biased, but I feel like, you know, if you're not getting one on one stuff and letting somebody really lock down on you, um, then you're behind because at practice, you know, coaches tell you stuff and, and you develop through that coaching, but you know, when there's Twenty players on a team in high school and um, you got an hour and a half, you know, he might say one or two things to, you know, it's just more right. and and I know, I don't know about you, but here it was more about getting as many reps as you could get in before the season. It wasn't a ton of development. It was, a little bit, but um, not as much as people would think. Um, so, got into it and you know, I, I I began to grow with it. You know, I took what um, I learned in, in high school and, and a lot from Coach Rakuya, um and what I learned in summer ball in, in the Coastal Plains league from those coaches Um, and I just kind of started putting it in my own words and you know it seemed to click with you know players I I, I do mostly hitting but you know I did some infield outfield stuff Um, and I found a facility here that really is taking care of me um, called Coastal Sports Center Um, a lot of pro guys we got you know we got a couple you know triple-a major league guys that come in and and do stuff there we just had a guy um, sign with the Mariner so um, it's good stuff and you know, it, it's in what I tell people and, and, you know, everybody that's played baseball can give instruction. And, and I, I've seen your stuff, too. You do a great job. You're more on the coaching side of the, of the coaching sure. teams. I'm more in the in, in instruction. It's two really separate things. Um,
0: Absolutely. But, we'll touch, we'll um, touch on that. That's a good point. Yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that when you're done
1: yeah and and for for me you know a lot of people play ball whether it's you know high school you know d1 d2 d3 juco nai whatever it is um you know everybody kind of has a resume but what really will propel you in this industry is personality and how you get your stuff across anybody i know uh, i know probably 50 different instructors that teach the same thing Right. And probably only five of them are really talked about because they can relay it over to a player faster, whether that's drills, gadgets, tools, just kind of knowing the player and what he understands, you know, difficult to easy, um, knowing how to structure a lesson. And, and, And we talked about this a little bit, kind of finding the line between straight development as in mechanics and development as, live reps and kind of finding that line to where you're not doing one or the other too much. Because I can tell you, I've got a lot of Major League T-hitters that I work with, right? But at the, right. That, that don't get you Major League, you know, hitting 90 99-hour fastball. So, you know, the T-work the and the mechanics are super important. I'm big on it, right? But I try to, you know, depending on the time of year and the season and kind of, you know, when they structure their lessons around me, kind of like how I go from mechanical to in-game stuff, timing, rhythm, momentum, stuff like that um with with the with the lesson so it's definitely it, it's it's a it's an interesting industry man it, it's something you know when you when you I've had kids for three four years you got to keep it spiced up you know when it's you know a baseball swing lasts one second it's hard to find three years out of one second um so no doubt. um but you know I've I've gotten good at following the right people on social media um and and being around people that kind of give me stuff you know trust me all these guys that you see out there they're not just coming up writing on a piece of paper and making up a drill it's a lot of the same stuff that's been around it's how they present it so you know resume is great man and and you and and i'll I'll let you take over but more personality than resume when when coming to that that type of work in that industry
0: i love that and 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 so many conversations We can branch in so many ways off exactly what you just said. But I think at the end of the day, every hitting instructor, every coach are all trying to do the same thing. It's how they can coach the athlete and how they can coach different athletes. That's the thing. You have 30 guys or 20 guys with 20 different swings, with 20 different personalities, with 20 different athletic abilities, with 20 different mobile mechanical functions that those guys, that those guys make. When, when they make a swing, there's not one thing in this kid's body that does the same as this kid's body. Oh, and as a long. coach, and what makes you a good coach, I think, and what makes you a good instructor is being able to teach. Timmy, that has this mechanical flaw with this athletic movement, and John, who has that does a, this this mechanical that whatever we're working on, he does this great. But his athletic functions and his athletic mobility are not up are not up to speed, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's what separates the good and the bad. Is can those coaches identify those things, and how can we coach those two different athletes? Um, and I, I want you I think we can branch off on so many things, like I said, but I, I want to get my, that point across uh, in my perspective of of what separates the good coaches and, and just the and anybody else is, is the good coaches and the great coaches can relate to their athletes on multiple different levels and multiple different ways. And, and I think that's what everybody is striving to do. So talk to tell me this, KB, and I've I've done so many things man and and i've worked with so many players and i at the end of the day i've worked with so i've worked with so many guys hitting let's just stay hitting for a second what i think some people don't understand is there is a difference a major difference between a swing coach and a hitting coach and i think that gets lost I think everybody tries to cram that in one and here's what I mean. A swing coach is going to come into a lesson one-on-one and they are going to coach your swing, right? They're going to point out the things. They're going to use gadgets. They're going to use tools. They're going to use numbers. They're going to use data, right? And they're going to teach you how to swing. A hitting coach is going to come and watch you take live reps is going to be at your games is going to watch you take live ABs in a practice setting or whatever it may be. And they're going to be able to relate to you how you become a hitter. Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference. Everybody, and I'm not knocking anybody, right? This is the last thing I wanna do. I just want to talk to people and I want to get this out there. And whoever wants to comment or share their thoughts or whatever it may be, feel free. But I think we need more hitting coaches and less swing coaches. And I think with experience, KB, you are an outstanding hitter, all-conference player, big league guy. You can teach hitters how to hit. But if we're just going in there one-on-one swing coaching, we're going to teach them how to get to the baseball. Like, we're going to teach them how to get there. But we're not going to really teach them how to hit because hitting off a tee is completely different than hitting a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Right? 100%, so, 100%. I think that's where I think that's where people get lost. And I don't want to go in a rabbit hole on this. I want to continue to flow through our thing here and, and let you talk on more topics and kind of get into some more questions of what you're doing. I just wanted to get that across since you're an instructor. You you played at a high level. You you you've seen high level arms, man, and you were very successful at a high level. You can teach people how to hit, but I think there's a, a fine line between a swing coach and a hitting coach
1: what I'm, you got talk I'm, to me no man i'm with you and, and i think the secret sauce if you want to become a private instructor anybody watching this that wants to become an instructor um is cramming both of those in an hour each week and the kid walking out knowing okay i got to make this move mechanically and i've got to transfer this move mechanically into a 90 mile an hour fastball and that's hard True. to do in a, in a cage um, yeah. So and, and that's where it comes into the time of year. Like for me, like when we're in the winter and, and we're kind of gradually getting out of it now. But, you know, from November to January, it's a lot of swing coaching. Um, and from now until the season, it's a lot of hitting. We're trying to take that mechanically major league T-swing and move it into soft toss and bp and live bp and eventually i get up there with my 75 poo and throw to them um and and try and try to make it work Um, but yeah that's you know everybody has their own kind of spin on things um and you know i know people and, and you know for me sometimes you know with when i When I struggle with it, I'm more on the swing side. Like I'll catch myself being more mechanically and then, you know, I'll have to adjust. So it's, it's, it's a everlasting adjustment and it depends on the player too. You know, I know a lot of players that, you know, they, they learn better, more on, on the kind of understanding hitting and more that learn better on fixing a mechanical issue in their swing. So sure. it's all, it's all, like I said, it, it changes with the player um, and, and it, and it, it, changes, you know, as the years go by players develop players are different hitters, baseball players in general, as they get older.
0: Love that. I love that. And, and I want to make myself clear. Both of those guys, I, I think, I think they're separate. And I think we have both around the country, but at the end of the day a hitting guy is going to work and do things for that hitter to make the best in-game swing decision that they can make
1: I'd rather because have because that let me tell you what, I'd rather have a average mechanical hitter with really good hitting skills and timing and load and rhythm in the game than a really good mechanical guy that can't find timing or doesn't understand, doesn't understand, you know, their swing versus a live pitcher. Um, Obviously the the main goal is to do both. Um, But if I were to pick one, you know, the hitting, no understanding hitting more and, and the game like speed is, is going to pay off rather than the perfect swing.
0: I love that. that. That is so true, man. And I think we as instructors and we as coaches always have to continue to develop our craft and learn and study and research to figure out if a player comes to us and says, hey, Coach KB, I can't figure out, I can't get on time. Like, I can't get on time. And, and time, being on time is the most important thing in hitting. Number one. And number that's, one. What, that's what I've learned over so many years. I've seen some of the prettiest swings in the country but that gummit they can't get on time to hit a baseball and that's what we are challenged with as instructors and coaches to how do we teach these kids to be hitters versus robots
1: Mm hmm.
0: Right. So that, that I, I love that. I think there's so many good things there and, and we can do another part. Pod- You're not going to be on here just once. I'm going to get you on here a lot as you develop in your career and your personal goals. And and as you grow more and you learn more and I learn more and we all and we both develop. I want to get you back on here and we can go down that road um, a, another time. But I want to talk about something that you sent me um, that is very interesting. And I'm not. I don't know, and I've been around. I started coaching, and I graduated twenty eighteen. I started coaching in twenty nineteen, so be my fifth year at Virginia High, and my fifth year, or fourth year in travel ball or high level travel ball baseball. Right. So, you sent me something, and it says you currently you are currently a consultant for a thirteen U team.
1: Yeah, that's weird, that? doesn't it? Yeah, what that, the hell are you doing? So. Yeah, man. Uh, times I mean, yeah, have changed, listen, to say the least. Listen,
0: I, I'm with you. But when somebody, when you send that to somebody, they're going to do the same thing. I
1: did. What are you talking about? So you get a lot of coaches nowadays, and and I don't fault them for this. A lot of dads that don't have the knowledge to develop their kid to play a really high level. I'm not saying a a dad can't teach basic stuff and, or a a person who has never played, um, they can teach things and they, and and there's learning an aspect to it, right? You can learn stuff and teach it. Um, but there's just that kind of experience and and been there, done that, that is missing from a lot of coaches. So what I see is, and, and this is awesome, is that them dads, coaches, people who haven't played at a high level realizing this and instead of going, okay, I'm just done coaching because it's hard to find coaches nowadays that will do that when you don't pay well, right? So the dads do this because they're taking their time because they have their son, you know, they want to do this. It's um, an investment. They're invested
0: in their kid and shout right, out to them, right?
1: Right. So what they do is they 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 reach out to facilities, to players that have played, and they will pay <laughs> – that player or the facility will play that instructor or coach. And basically you are a co-head coach during the week of practice, of open sessions, of group meetings, of group hittings, And you are compensated for all this without the coaching on the weekends. So now it's everything structured differently. People can structure things, contracts differently, but, I did this for a team in the fall. So I would have Monday at my facility, we'd do an hour and a half, um, and I would run everything. And, and, and Thursday we would have an outside practice, and I kind of got with the coaches. And, you know, it, the, the coaches I were with, the, co- the head coach played at Kansas State. So that wasn't necessarily the case for me. They just wanted more brains on the team. So that's another thing. Some people just wanted other guys. Yeah, there. So um, – I, I, I helped run a practice for two hours on Thursday and obviously when, when you spend that much time with kids and get invested you know I did go to a lot of the games um, but that I wasn't obligated to do that so right. you know basically you're you're Giving them the development, the pre- the in game reps, you're able to practice with them like they play in the game on a field. That's what I liked about it. I could get the inside part and the outside part, um, and then you know the, they go off and do their thing on on the weekends, and you kind of watch online or we'll go to the game, or the coach sends you notes, and um, you're back out of the next week. So that's kind of the Dang, new baby. way of coaching. But but listen, I tell I told somebody this other day, I would rather have. A, a coach, okay, and and I and it's going to be weird for me saying this. No, I would rather it, have it. a coach that doesn't know what they're talking about. Okay, we'll even go to that far, but that is organized. That is a leader. That is a hard worker. That knows how to understand kids and go out and hire one of these consulting coaches. So now you get the organization. You get the structure. You get the understanding of the good communication with a top-notch guy that knows what he's doing rather than a guy that just got hired that played college ball that is still very immature he is not all about it he uses resume for everything he's not great with the kids now obviously not a, that, that's cookie cutter right you got guys in the middle that are fine that play that have that kind of trait as those guys i talked about first but sure the or, the organization the structure The kids respecting you, the kids, you know, that can talk to you, but know how to respect during practice, right, is more important than a guy just being on the field with a resume. You know what I mean? I love that. I love that, dude. So you get the little, in, in, in summary of that, you get the best of both worlds a lot of times that I've seen in this area of coaches being really good at understanding kids and reaching out for help. So that's that's, that's awesome, kind of the consultant coach of of the new generation of, of coaches and players.
0: I love that, and I, yeah. I and you would do, you're going to do outstanding that as that continues to grow. the The thing that I took away from what you just said is that people reach out for help, and I think that is so that is so slid under the rug. It is is there so many guys out there that don't want to reach out for other help? Because they don't want to make themselves look bad, they feel weak. I reach out to guys and ask questions all the time because I always want to develop and learn from guys that have done it, that are more experienced, and, and I just want to be the best version of myself. So I take away from that 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 what you're doing and that that whole realm of things is I take away that that people are people want help and people want good help, and I definitely think you're the man for the job um i appreciate you sharing that man that, that's awesome look we're gonna wrap this thing up here in the next five or ten minutes i, I want to touch on one or two more things i want to ask you two more things and kind of get your thoughts and, and uh-huh. i'll kind of throw my thoughts on in there um going back to 56 minutes ago and talking about travel baseball and uh, numbers and, and guys are bigger and faster and stronger and and that is what a lot of people are looking at these days where the rankings how hard did this kid throw how how hard did this guy hit this ball how different is today's athlete and what difference does that make versus the older athlete and what i mean by that is kids today are so much bigger faster and stronger than what the athlete was 20 years ago you with me and and I I just want tell me from a training perspective, coach, why do you think why do you think that is? Why do you think we're getting guys that are hitting KB? I have a kid that I work with that is on my that is on my national team that is 14 years old and he pulled down the other day 97 miles an hour. Fourteen. He's gonna pitch this summer after he goes through spring. We're getting ready to start our velo phase program. After he goes through spring, he's going to pitch at ninety-one to ninety-two as a freshman in high school, up to ninety-three. That's my thoughts. We're going to see. Why is that?
1: Um, you know, that's I, I, a
0: that's an open-ended question. That's a broad it is, question.
1: It is. It is. You know, there's still questions. You know, like it could just be that you know time has moved on and kids are naturally bigger. Now, I don't believe that um, fully, but I just think you know I'll go back to. The resources, you know, and and Amen. you know, betwe- between between you know, uh, our time and, and now, you know, you know, it seems like a long way, but it, it's in, in, in overall time, it's not. Um, but there are resources that are available now that wasn't you know, five, 10, especially 15, getting the, on the 20 years ago. Um, so that's the biggest thing, and 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 really, you know, and 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 you can go back to that. You were you were more strict with it when than I was, but you know, kids can now go online and know exactly how much food and how much protein and fats and carbs that need to go in their body to maximize their body. And all it takes really is discipline now, right? How many times did, and, and you know, and this was kind of the old style of, you know, you get a lift in and you go eat as much cookout as you can to, to, to feed the muscles. Right. You know, when, when in reality, that was great. And, and, you know, we, we kind of joked about it at the time, but we should have been going home cooking chicken and steak because, the next day, instead of waking up going, oh, God, you know, I'm bloated. Yeah, it kind I'm, of felt I'm rough, slow to start. I'm not feeling well. You know, we, we weren't putting our body in the best – spot to compete and and you know you're still getting the calories and i'm not saying you know you can't do that every once in a while but you know we were eaters i mean we 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 like to go out and eat and you know back then it was just kind of like get your calories in and it doesn't matter and you know i think there's more to that now and people understand that's probably not the best way to optimize your on-field performance or just performance in itself so i think just resources technology understanding the body better you know
0: that's so, that's so awesome. And, and that is so true. I agree a thousand percent to that. I think kids, I know kids have better resources at the palm of their hand than what has ever been. Whatever. They can go online and they can Google, Hey, what do I need to eat to do this? And boom, there it is. And that's I it. think kids are taking advantage of that Day in and day out. I know kids that I work with and I train some high level guys. I got a few 13 and 14 year olds, KB, that are getting ready to roll through the system that are going to be power five, division one guys. And, and, and they're incredible. I mean, they are better than I ever imagined. But here's the thing. One, they trust the coach. They trust what somebody is telling them to do to develop their bodies and to develop into in, in their career. But they're, what that coach is telling them, they are, they are using and they are taking advantage of it. They're going online. They're looking up. The, I, there, there's all kinds of things on Twitter that you can. Twitter is, is probably one of the best. Twitter and TikTok are two of the best apps in the world for optimizing the body if you just want to go on there and, and look up something quick. So not to get into a rabbit hole, man, but I think that you're spot on. Kids are bigger, faster, stronger, better uh i wouldn't say more athletic but but healthier in today's game dude i would roll out in the world bat last year coaching playing against grown men and we're 2026 yeah. we're, we're 2026 20, 20, class
1: yeah i'm like it's 2023 I, I, how, do you, how do you get that kind of muscle I, I haven't got that yet and i you know i know i'm trying you know doing what i can but you know the, the like you said the resources are, and, and and like you said going back to you got to find a guy you trust i think and you can attest to this scott bennett literally changed my career my life man his, he changed my life my life to have, me too I mean, I, I'd never had a great body. I mean, you always were the guy, muscle guy, you know, walking around campus and stuff. But, you know, for me, I was I was kind of the, the chubby baby fat guy coming in. So, you know, him taking a little bit of that, that away, I had that athletic ability before that. It's just I'd never optimized it. I never kind of – reached down and grabbed it and, and he kind of he did things that kind of made me become more athletic and matured my body as I got older and you know that that six four doesn't just come out of nowhere especially when you get 22 23 years old you're starting to mature and, and and stop the maturing you know so um the the ability for him to do that for everybody I saw him make crazy adjustments to some guys you know put on weight lose weight put on muscle whatever it was he was able it was to incredible. do it so it was. Yeah. I mean, that, yes.
0: that guy was, and I'm going to, he's on the list he, he he wants to hop on. And I'm going to let everybody hear from him. I mean, that guy is incredible. And the guy that we're talking about Scott Bennett was our strength and conditioning coach at Radford. Um, one of the most amazing men that I've ever, that I've ever come in contact with. I mean, you talking about a guy that would, that would light the room on fire at 4am. Like he, he is the guy and he was smart and he cared about you and he, he, dove into your career and he would take care of you, man. And that's a whole nother that's a whole conversation. But to go back to the question, I think the resources and kids are disciplined enough to see what they're what they are able to do and they're disciplined enough to go get it. Yep. I, I think that is that's the main thing, man. And look, we're going to wrap this up and, and I'm going to answer this question and you're going to answer this question. I, and I want to I want to hear what you got to say, dude. I'm going to say this before we before we hop off here and, and answer this last question. Man, this has been awesome. And I thank you so much for your time, man. You're you're a hell of a dude. Uh, you're down to earth. You're, you're a great friend of mine. Um I love you to death man and, and your story uh when people hear this is going to move people man and, and that's the purpose it is is for kids to get motivated and, and to learn and for parents to get motivated hey my kid may not be the best but he's not as he's not as far along as what he think what he thinks he is like mm-hmm. if if that resonates with people KB and that's what your motto is and that's what you go off of people will quit yeah, tip your cap, and I love that. So I just want to say thank you, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate our friendship. Uh, it's been so much fun getting to know you. Uh, over the five years we were together, uh, man, you're just a great dude, and I'm so excited for you to continue to develop as a coach, as an instructor, as a trainer, uh, and, and keep moving athletes in ways that they they didn't know they can move. So answer this, and I, I'll let you answer, and then I'll answer, and then uh, we'll hop off here, man. If If a sophomore in high school came up to you and said, Coach KB, what do I need to do to play high-level college baseball, what would you tell him?
1: I would say find something that you can trust to develop your skills each and every year. I would say start listing colleges that you think you could play at and be realistic and go to their prospect camps. And the third thing I would say is, you know, a, a lot of a lot of teams nowadays, they're that these showcase teams are starting development stuff. You know, they're practicing like a high school team, which is great. You know, that that's fine. I like that that teams care, but find a showcase team if you're not one of those guys that are, are a power five, no doubt, and you're a borderline guy, like a lot of people are. Find a showcase team. Don't worry about how great they are. Don't worry about the name. Don't worry about what they do on Tuesday night. Go find a team that goes to the right places and has people watching. Okay? I played for a team that had zero development. Now, if you can't get development any other way, go go for a team that that does development stuff during the week and practices. But if if you're doing that and then you're going to the middle of Georgia at a high school at 7 a.m. in the morning and they can't get you to the right tournaments – you're you're spinning your wheels. So those would be my three things. What
0: about Love you? it. Love it. Here, here's what I would say. I would the first thing I would tell them is always put the process over the product. Always trust Amen. what you're doing and, and stay in that moment and focus in that moment versus worrying about what this outcome or what what something down the road may happen. That would be that would be the main thing for me. Is is just trust it, uh, believe in it. Dive into it and really trust that versus versus what you want the product to be. The next thing I would tell them is to, is to stay motivated. Find something that motivates you. Um, find something that you can grab onto. And, and that, that may be as, as little as waking up every morning and eating 10 eggs for breakfast. If that's what motivates you to be the best athlete and be the best player you can be, then do it. If that's going to keep you in, if that's going to keep you in check, and that's going to keep you in line, and that's going to keep you in the middle of your development, then do it. The last thing I would tell them is reach out for help. Don't just try to do this thing on your own. Uh, there's a lot of people out out here that are willing to help you as an athlete, uh, willing to help you grow, willing to help you mature, willing to help you if it's swinging a bat, holding a bat, filling a ground ball, uh, throwing bullpens blocks and recover as catchers whatever it may be there's people out there that are willing to help you ask for help Amen, and, and stay involved man uh, if I'm talking to a sophomore in high school and the crazy thing is is I get this question every year KB I get this question every year from kids that are at our high school that I coach coach how did you do that or coach how did you get to here and I wasn't a, I wasn't the best player I was an okay player I was okay whatever. Think what you want of me. I don't care, but I loved it. I loved it.
1: You gotta I was, be about I was,
0: it, I was in there. I was involved. I love the weight room. I love just trying to be better. And, and I tell them that they ask me every year and I tell them trust the process. And I know that's such a bull crap thing to say, and it's so overused, but, but trust the process, focus on the process of the product and find something that motivates you.
1: That's what I would I, tell. I, I agree. And, and one more thing to close out. So the motivation, right, you, you, you got to have it, and, and most kids will have it for, for a while. You know, if they, if they love the game, they'll have the motivation. But there's going to be times, maybe more times than others for certain people, the motivation goes away. And then that next word is discipline. So if you don't want do hey to do something one day, you don't want to do something one day, and, 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 you know, the motivation is not there. You, you don't feel good. You didn't sleep good. You, whatever it is, there's a million excuses you can put out there. If you jump below the discipline and, and, and don't stay, don't stay disciplined, you're, you're, you're cheating yourself and then you're falling behind. So that's, that's all I got. But, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think we're going to get less bloopers out of this than we thought, you know, this was, I think so too, man. This
0: was, this was really good. And and I loved how it was all natural and you are just speaking from what you know, and speaking from your experiences and sharing your story and, and the going back and forth, man, I really think people are going to learn from you. I know they will. Um, I know players love you. Uh, I love you, man. You're a great dude. And and I'm super excited to follow your career and follow your next steps and what you want to do. And man, you always know if you, if you need anything, uh, reach out to me. Uh, I'm getting ready to open my own place uh, with another guy. So if you ever – I'd love to have you down. Come down for a weekend, run a couple camps, uh, show off how good you are, and uh, we'll make it happen, man
1: all that back at you and and you're going to do well with this you got the personality for it you know you're 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 a go-getter so that's what it takes and and you know i'm glad you started this because like i said earlier um the the hardest thing to do is start it you know now that you have and now that you kind of have an understanding of it i think you'll get great people and i I think this thing will 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 blast off pretty pretty soon and and you'll get a lot of followers and, and help a lot of kids so appreciate it my boy Sounds good. I'll I'll give you a call sooner than later, buddy. See you, buddy.